What's going on, guys? Coach Greg here again, uh, coming back to you with the Buckbill Podcast. So this week, guys, we're going to talk about our January programming focus, as well as um, our upcoming strength cycles. This is going to be for both our class athletes as well as our Buckbill athletes. Um, so whether you are a member at CrossFit Ariac taking our normal class programming, or if you're one of the Buckbill athletes at CrossFit Ariac or remotely, um, we'll have both of your outlooks for your next training cycle uh, on this podcast today. All right, so first, let's start with our class athletes. So for our class athletes, we saw in December, we did our two rep heavy attempts to wrap up our previous strength cycle. We were working on the power clean, the front squat, and the deadlift. Hopefully everybody hit some new PRs, and if not, that's okay. We're gonna get some more touches on some of those movements this month um, in this coming strength cycle. So, you know, be smart with your loading. Make sure you're moving well, and you're not pushing to those limits where the form is breaking down simply to, you know, hit that next, that next level or that next weight, um, you know, this is a long game. It's not about what we can hit today. It's about what we can hit, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, six months from now. Take your time, build slowly, and be smart with it. So that was what we did in December. Again, two rep heavy attempts, power clean, front squat, deadlift. Now going into this week, um, we're already wrapped up with the first week of January. We did our five rep tests. These were not maxes. Remember, we had an 18-minute clock to work through our five-rep heavy attempts or five-rep heavy tests. Uh, We had our back squat, our push press, our power clean, and our deadlift. Again, this is more just to set our baseline so we have a weight that we can build smartly from going into our strength cycle. Um, Some of us did hit PRs on these. That's great. Um, You know, you had more in the tank than you did last time. Um, obviously there's some carryover from some of the movements we did previous, um, you know, we did just do the two rep heavy power cleans. So that obviously has some carryover to our five rep power cleans. Um, even if it's not a one-to-one with the number of reps, now if we're getting stronger in our two rep, we're likely getting stronger in our five rep as well. Uh, same thing with our deadlift. Again, we did just do the two reps. We had the five rep test. Push press, not so much of a carryover of what we worked on last cycle, so that's probably one that feels a little bit uh, newer, um, or like we haven't got as many touches on it in the last cycle, because we just frankly didn't. Um, Obviously, we can't work on every lift on every strength cycle. It doesn't really work like that. Um, And then we had our back squat as well. With the back squat, we did see a couple people PR, which is awesome. Um, You know, if your front squat is going up, your back squat's probably going up as well. Not quite as much as that one-to-one ratio as we would see in the deadlift and the power clean, but there is definitely a carry over there. Um, you know, the front squat is generally the lighter of the the two lifts, but I do think it has a great carry over with the back squat, specifically with your positioning work. Um, if you can stay tight in the front squat, it's usually easier to stay tight in the back squat as you're using those spinal erectors versus your abs. Obviously, the back generally is stronger for most of us than our abs um, for all of us 
but yeah, keep an eye on those lifts as we set that baseline this week. If you weren't able to get into class this week and you didn't set your baselines, I would try to get into an open gym time the next week or so and just, you know, work up to a heavy five. Doesn't have to be a max. Just get some weight on the bar. See where that baseline is at so you have those numbers going into this strength cycle. Um, we talk about it all the time. If you're not logging your results, um, whether it's in Wattify or just paper and pen or paper and pencil, you need to be doing that. Um, that's how you're going to see your progress in your lifts over time. It's going to be how you can track um, what's going up, what's going down, where you might need some work. Um, that's good data to have. Helps us see, hey, you're clearly weak in XYZ area. Maybe there's some accessory work here that you could be doing that would really sure up those movements or some mobility. There's a restriction uh, in your movement. So make sure you are definitely logging those weights. So now that we have our five rep heavies in the books, or if you don't have them in the books, you're going to try to get in this week to get them in the books. What are we getting into? We're going to get into six weeks of what's called wave loading. Wave loading is kind of cool. So with wave loading, you're going to see two waves. So we're going to start with a higher repetition. So I think we're using a 10.86 for this cycle, uh, at least to start. So you'll see a 10.86, and then we'll see another 10.86. So with that 10.86, the idea here is our first set of 10, 8, and 6 are going to be lighter than our second set of 10.86. Not so light that these are like warm-up sets, but for example, let's say our first set of 10 is 200 pounds, and then our first set of 8 is 220 pounds, and then our first set of 6 is 240 pounds. Our goal for our second wave would be to increase those maybe 5, 10, 20 pounds, something like that. So we're not going out of the gate and going, all right, well, I did 100, and then I did 120, 140, now I'm going to 300, right, for my first one. It's not a warm-up set. They are still working sets. The idea here is as we increase that load, going into our lower repetitions, and then we jump back to the higher repetitions at a lower load than the lower repetitions, right? So the 6 is going to be heavier than your 10, most likely you're going to feel like that weight feels a lot lighter, even though the other set of 10 you just did was not that much lighter, but you should be able to move it with a little bit more force, a little bit more confidence, and again, just getting those heavy repetitions in. What's cool about this strength cycle, how we structured it, is that you're going to see the same wave loading two weeks in a row. So this is going to allow us to build smartly over time. So for example, we have the 1086 and the 1086. You're going to see that week one and week two. Okay. Then going into the next week, we'll see an 864 and an 864. We'll see that for week uh, three and four. And then we're going to see 642, 642, and we'll see those for our final weeks. So again, we're going to be getting some higher repetition touches working down into those lower reps. As we know, as we decrease our reps, the goal is to increase our load. So even though we're working towards a five rep, we're not really even doing much five rep work. It's a little bit more high repetition, working our way into those low repetitions just to get that, excuse me, just to get that volume in on those movements. I think this will be a really fun strength cycle. 
wave loading can be a little confusing for some of us. So if you have questions, just ask. The easiest way to go into a wave loading day, look at your Wattify the night before or the morning of, or even 10 minutes before class, and then go and look at your past performance history and just see kind of where you're at with that specific lift. And we'll give you some ideas of percentages to work off of. So for example, a 10 rep percentage, you're probably looking at maybe 60%. Eight reps, maybe 65, 70%. Six reps, maybe 75, 80%. So having that in mind, you should have ideas of what weights you should be hitting in your strength cycles going into the lift. Don't go in blind. Don't take five minutes to warm or 10 minutes to warm up to your 10 rep and you're like, all right, I'm done. But now I only have five more minutes to squat the rest of these sets. So I'm just going to throw on some weight willy nilly. Okay. Have a plan going into this. That's going to be what gets you the most out of these strength cycles. On the Metcon side of things for our class athletes, we're going to see three mid-range AMRAPs per week. Goal here is to build that mid-range engine that we're going to see mostly in the open, right? The open is coming. Make sure you are polishing those skills or those modalities that you might struggle with a little bit more than others. Um, generally speaking, I tend to hit on the gymnastics side of things is where most of us struggle um, with gymnastics, especially Getting a little bit extra work outside of class, whether it's with programming or one-on-ones with a coach, can make a huge difference. Um, I've seen athletes go from not being able to handstand walk to handstand walking in just a matter of weeks with some one-on-one -on -one work. Same thing with your muscle-ups or pull-ups or handstand push-ups. If you're not working on that stuff outside of class, you're not going to improve enough to see a big change in the open. So make sure you have that in mind. If that's something you really struggled on last year, you know, we saw the wall walk, right? If you're not working the wall walk, you might be falling behind on that. So talk to a coach, see what ideas they might have for you that you can work on on your own. Again, whether that's, hey, here's a couple things you can work on or jumping on an accessory program or some personal training sessions to really, really hone in those skills. Um, that's about it for our class athletes. So again, three 12 to 15 minute uh, AMRAPs per week. That's what we would define as a moderate conditioning range. That's generally where we see the open being. Um, in that rep range. Some of them are a little bit shorter, but you know that's just going to be an intensity push then versus uh, if you have the cardio, you should be able to make that intensity push more or less. If you have any questions, as always, with the class programming or the rationale behind it, feel free to shoot me a message, whether it's text, email, uh, Instagram, whatever. Uh, hit me up. Let me know. Uh, you know, I'm really liking the class programming. I don't like XYZ. Uh, you know, we'll answer to say, uh, give you the idea of why we do it our way, and we'll go from there. All right, so let's take a look now at our buck build athletes. So, buck build athletes, um, we are getting into something a little bit unique this cycle. We're going to be doing an overhead squat strength cycle. We've never really done this before. The idea here is we're going to work on this for eight weeks. Very simple linear periodization, trying to add a little bit of weight week to week. And we're going to cap this with a three rep overhead squat test. Um, more than anything with the overhead squat, obviously it's a positioning play. If we're able to have good stability in the overhead squat, we see that transfer over to obviously our snatch. 
You can even make the argument it could transfer over to some of our jerks, depending on your grip width. Um, but again, overhead stability, you've got some handstand carryover potentially, whether it's handstand walking or handstand uh, push-ups or wall walks. So big, big push for the overhead squat. Um, again, main carryover we're hoping for here is to see those snatch numbers go up by being more confident and sitting in the hole on a snatch and being able to just stand up that overhead squat. All right, we don't have to rush out of the hole, use that big bounce to get that bar moving. With the overhead squat, kind of a interesting movement. Um, you may definitely be seeing it in an overrated, overrated, underrated soon. Um, and I know it's a little bit of a hot topic issue for some of our class athletes as well as our buck build athletes. So the overhead squat, kind of what are my thoughts on it? I like the overhead squat. It actually previously was probably my favorite squat out of the three main squats, right? So we've got our back squat, our front squat, and our overhead squat. Um, I tend to be more of a front squat fan these days. But the overhead squat is still great. Um, the main reason we don't see the overhead squat programmed in class setting more than anything is 90% of us don't do it well. Um, I would say 60% of us can do it, uh, but I would say 90% of us don't do it well. So in my mind, why don't we see it in class? Well, if we can't do it well, that's a recipe for disaster, right? Um, I do think all of us should be working on it, um, whether it's with a PVC or an empty bar or a lot of my athletes, I'll have used the bamboo bar for a really unique stimulus. Um, I almost think it's kind of like a twofold mobility as well as strength and stability play. I really, really like that. Uh, I know some of you guys have been overhead squatting with a bamboo bar. You probably don't like it too much, but long-term it will be a great benefit for you. Um, again, it's a great movement, but it's also a great movement for people to hurt themselves on. And at the end of the day, when we're serving uh, our members, we want to do what's going to make you the fittest athlete that is a functional human, okay? Yes, the Open is great. The Open is fun. I love the Open. I like to compete. But at the end of the day, if you are Sally, whoever, who's a nurse, or Bob the cop, and you blow out your shoulder doing a shitty overhead squat because you quote-unquote, no, I can do the RX of 135, or I know I can do the RX of 95, and you do 50 of them, and you're out of position, and you pop your shoulder out, and you can't go to work for a week, that's not serving you at all, right? So if you want to work on the overhead squat, we are here for you. We want you to work on it, but we want to have some more eyes on you, whether it's through your buck-built programming, whether it's through a one-on-one -on -one session with a coach, where we can make sure you're moving properly and you're not going to hurt yourself. Because at the end of the day, when there's five to ten people in class and you're all overhead squatting at the speed of light because you got to get that best AMRAP score to throw up on the leaderboard, that's not a conducive place to work on your overhead squat. Just like we talked about with our gymnastic skills, you're not going to get a lot better at handstand push-ups by just doing them once or twice a month in an AMRAP. That's not how you get better at stuff. So again, I like the overhead squat. I want to see our athletes succeed in that, especially those, uh, those of us who have a competitive um, or a higher level uh, goal. Uh, if that might be you and you're just in class right now, that's totally fine. You don't have to work the overhead squat, but we're here for you if you do decide you want to. 
All right, again, going from there, we're going to be starting with our buck build athletes, working on some gymnastic strength throughout this cycle. So when I say gymnastic strength, we're talking uh, tempos, lower repetition, higher skill stuff, um, strict movements. Um, we're also going to see some more skill work, specifically uh, gymnastic skill work focused around what we see in the open. Right, so what do we see in the open? We've got muscle-ups, we've got handstand walking, we have handstand push-ups, we have pistols. Um, most of us that are higher-level athletes, you know, we have our pull-ups. Um, if you're not doing chest-to-bar pull-ups right now and you decide, or and you are wanting to do the open, you should be trying to practice your chest-to-bar pull-up. That's on every workout from now until the open. Okay, we've never seen a chin over bar pull up in the open. It is always a chest to bar pull up. So if you can do 20 pull ups, but you can only do one chest to bar in a row, where's the big opportunity there, right? You have the gymnastic capability, you have the gymnastic conditioning, you need to focus on the gymnastic strength, okay? That's the main difference there between the chest to bar and the chin over bar pull up is strength. It is not a conditioning issue. Um, that'll be a lot of fun stuff for our athletes to see that gymnastic strength um, can be a little tedious but that's what we want that should be some deep work you're really focusing on your tempos you're focusing on staying strict you're focusing on scaling appropriately right so if I'm programming for somebody a tempo handstand push-up where I want to see you know you're controlling down for three seconds then you're pushing up for two seconds you can't push up for two seconds if you're doing a kipping handstand push-up right that's meant to be strict practice so what can, what's an example of something you can do to make that possible um, just like all of our other handstand push-up work we can reduce that range of motion or even just regular push-up work right we put that plate under our chest we put the ab mat under our head or some plates in an ab mat under our head so we can control all the way down nice light touch on the top there and then big press up with that slow controlled motion in mind right be true to your tempos be true to your strictness Oftentimes, if I'm giving you strict work, it's because I know you can do the, the kipping version of it, and we just need to get you stronger or better in those positions. Strict is very important, even though we don't see it in a competitive uh, setting too often, but you will see it. You know, We've seen strict muscle-ups in the past. We've seen strict handstand push-ups especially seem to be a crowd favorite these days. So make sure if you're getting that skill work, there is a reason behind it um, and you're staying true to those prescriptions. Other things we're going to see for our buck build athletes, um, we're going to see some longer EMOMs going into the... Uh, going into this next training cycle, again, focusing on open adaptions. Longer EMOMs are going to be that 20 to 30 minute range this is going to be kind of building those engines we want to see you know 45 to 50 seconds sometimes you're going to be that at a high to moderate intensity just depending on what we're going for for the day it's also a great way to work on our skill work you know you have 50 seconds of deep work move on to your next movement probably more of a cardio pairing there where you're going to see keep the heart rate high but then working on those higher skill movements um, kind of a nice two-for-one punch there where we can work the skills as well as the engine. 
Um, I really like EMOM work. Um, I, again, the stimulus is super important. There's no point of me programming an EMOM for somebody if they're going to go in and they're just going to go balls to the wall from minute one to minute two, then minute two to minute three, then minute three to minute four. That's not an EMOM anymore. Like, yeah, I guess you're EMOMing the movements, but you're really treating it more as like an AMRAP per minute. It's not the idea generally. Make sure you're digging into the notes um, of what I'm giving you for that intended stimulus. Um, those of us who aren't on Buckbill programming, I do like to make sure we have lots of notes uh, within your workout so you have an idea of what the stimulus we're going for. Um, if you have questions on what that stimulus should be, you obviously know I'm just a phone call or a text away, um, especially if you can get to me the night or the day before. There's no reason I shouldn't have you an answer by the following day's workout. Um, where that can fall into issue is, you know, you're 30 seconds out from starting an EMOM and you're like, oh, I haven't looked at this yet. And coach has some notes here that I'm not really sure what he means. Like, yeah, that might be a little pressed for time. So, you know, just do a little bit of just do a little bit of homework before you go into the gym. Make sure you have an idea of what you should be hitting and uh, ask any clarifying questions that you might have. Um, there's nothing wrong with scaling on the spot, but oftentimes when we have to rush it, you're not going to get as good of a workout as if we take 10 to 15 seconds, just take a step back and be like, all right, so you're feeling like crap today. This doesn't feel good. What can we do to make this feel better or look better that we can get a still good, high quality workout here versus just throwing it kind of out the window and being like, all right, well, this is going to be a shit workout. So we'll see what happens, right? Take your time, communicate to your coaches, make sure they have an idea of where your head is at so that they can help you the best they can. Um, Last but not least, we will see an increased focus on cycling and volume of some pretty common movements that we see in the open. So focused movements for our cycling and volume pieces are going to be the front squat, uh, the push press, the power clean, and the hang squat snatch. All movements we've seen a lot in the open um, where if you cannot string repetitions together we're not talking two or three repetitions we're talking low to moderate weight for 5 10 15 20 repetitions you're gonna fall behind right we talk about this all the time in class and with our buck build athletes you should be stringing repetitions together stringing repetitions is going to give you a much greater adaption for both your conditioning as well as your strength and your stability long term right um the big one for me is deadlifts. I harp on it all the time, right? Yesterday's uh, workout, we did four deadlifts, uh, six alternating V-ups and eight push-ups, right? That workout is very, very clearly written to be essentially touch and go the entire time. Four deadlifts at 225 or whatever your equivalent is uh, for your scale, you know, 155 for ladies or lighter if you're going more on the, the RX or the scaled side. It should have been a weight that you can touch and go the entire time. Four repetitions is not a ton, right? We all know that. We all know what four reps feels like. It's not like we're giving you a set of 50 and saying, have at it. That should be a very meticulous workout where we have a strong weight on there that we know we can pull every single time. Same thing here with our cycling and volume focus. 
We want to see big sets and quality sets so that when we are fatigued, we know we have those in our back pocket so we can push through them. Um, along with that, those will probably be paired in our EMOMs as well as some sprint pieces. Uh, I plan on giving everybody one-ish sprint piece per week. Um, we have seen in the past sprint type workouts in the open. Uh, sprint pieces, you're looking at under 10 minutes. Um, I would probably say under eight minutes is more accurate. Um, and with that, we will see a pairing every once in a while with a heavy lift, right? We've seen that in the open a handful of times at this point. We have, all right, go kill yourself, balls to the wall. You rest two, three, however many minutes they give you. Then you got to hit a heavy complex or a heavy lift. We will see some of that sprinkled in uh, going forward. Again, just to prepare for what we know we probably will be seeing. Um, going off of last, uh, last week's podcast with uh, the, the departure of the Dave, we may see a different open, but we know he did program the open workouts already. Um, you know, he kind of sent out on Instagram a little question, are they going to use my, my workouts still? So we'll see. Uh, I would think they would but you never know. And uh, even still, I don't think we'll see a huge departure from the status quo in the open, whether they're using Dave's workouts or Justin Berg or somebody else on the training team steps in to write those. So let's focus in. Um, if you have any questions or concerns about the open, you know, what is the open? Uh, that'll be kind of addressed in our next podcast of uh, what is the open? What can you expect? Especially if you're a newer athlete. And uh, honestly, it's one of my favorite times of the year. And uh, let's get after it. So thanks again for tuning in, guys. As always, I'm Coach Greg. You can find me on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, at BuckBuiltCoach. Go ahead, give me a follow. Shoot me any questions or comments you have. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Bye. For the craziness, I don't have time for the laziness. I don't have time to be saying this. Only have time for the greatest. Is be careful, boy. You don't know who you playing with. Yeah, yeah.